This episode is sponsored by Off the Beaten Path. Use code FAYE10, that's F-E-Y-10, at checkout to get 10% off all of your music commissions. Thank you so much, Off the Beaten Path. Now please enjoy the episode. Hello everyone and welcome to Fae Finders, a Dungeons and Dragons podcast navigating listeners into the vague and supernatural. My name is Sam and I will be your Dungeon Master for Campaign Elements. And playing with me today is the captivating Caitlin. Hello. The amazing Amancio. Hello. And the jubilant Jupiter. Hi. Now without further ado, let's dive right in. Welcome to the world of Concordia, a harsh land of extreme seasons. The primordial elements abandoned this world 499 years ago, and the continent was left to suffer their absence. As a result, the five coasts are trapped in a consistent state of treacherous environments. The north, the domain of the spirit of earth, was frozen over into a wasteland of ice and snow. To the east, the domain of the air spirit has succumbed to catastrophic winds. Those who dwell there must live underground in underground tunnel systems to survive. To the south, the domain of the water spirit, the land was flooded into a swampy marshland where terrible creatures have taken over its murky depths. To the west, the domain of fire, the land suffered sweltering droughts, leaving desolate deserts and scarce water sources. And directly in the middle of Concordia, the domain of the spirit of harmony, was left in a thick fog that cannot be penetrated with even the brightest of light sources or the strongest of dark visions. With the absence of the elements, the land has lost control of its natural regulation, leading to these harsh extremes. Every year there is a ceremony commemorating the abandonment of the elements. The people of Concordia believe the elements abandoned them due to their ancestors becoming unworthy of the gift of harmony that has blessed their continent for so long. They enacted this ceremony in order to remember their loss and to beseech the the elemental spirits to return. Communications between the coasts has become essentially non-existent due to the impossible travel conditions of the land. Even moving from town to town is a struggle with how treacherous the journey would be. Those who dwell in each coast have acclimatized to function only in their district. There is no immigration these days, and the trade... um, and the trade accords have been broken since the abandonment first settled in Concordia. Now let us try to restore the elements.
We begin in the north, a frigid, sharp, rocky environment in a town called Philoven. Food consists heavily of cured meats and starchy vegetation. All of the houses and buildings are made out of dark garnet. There is very little around save for snow, ice, and sharp stony paths. On a rare day of light snowfall, uh, residents can be found outside their stone craft homes, hunting, repairing windswept away uh, stray wagons, and enjoying the warmthless sun that shines dimly amid the snow clouds. The residents of Philoven are a hardy yet serious sort of people. They know that their land means fast death for those who do not take care of their health and shelter. The town is medium-sized, though everyone knows everyone for the most part, if not very well, then as an acquaintance. The matron and history keeper of the town is a wise 80-year-old female woman named Massima Israel. She has run the town for 30 years with grace and compassion, but has little tolerance for nonsense. Her granddaughter, Cecily, a half-elf, will take over for her on Massima's 85th birthday, as tradition dictates. Arbora Selkis, the Earth Genasi blacksmith, usually organizes monthly gatherings in the town hall so the town's monotonous, cold, day-to-day -day lives have something to look forward to. Lyric Selkis, a green half-orc, owns the the Wastes Tavern and Aberus's husband um, will cater the gatherings. Ro Castra, the mountain gnome healer, is boisterous and loves to joke, which makes for very interesting bedside manner, as many of the townspeople could tell you. And Camilla, the calico tabaxi carpenter who utilizes the scarce wood um, from the forest to craft various goods for the village. Today is the 500th ceremony beseeching the spirits to return, and there is a lot of bustling for perspiration. Camilla is setting up a two-feet-tall wood carving of a tree in front of the town hall. Lyric is prepping the food offering for the earth spirit, purple cabbages and potatoes, and you can see people milling about, um, making their way to the town hall, carrying little trinkets they plan to burn as they plead for the spirits to return. Someone is grumbling about having to fast today, and another is reprimanding them that they must do, um, that we must do our part, and once the spirits come back, we won't need to worry about going hungry ever again. We see a small mountain gnome, um, despite the somber day, is beaming a bright smile and carrying, uh, and calling over for their adopted daughter, saying, This is the year, Benny! I know it! Don't drop those fig seed offerings or we'll be sad saps indeed. <laughs> Get it? Saps come from trees. <laughs> you got it. I I'll hold them real tight, don't you worry. And Caitlin, you can introduce your character. So before you, you see a very petite and meek looking pink tiefling. Shoulders kind of rounded in, a smidge of ash across her cheek from her latest concoction gone awry. She has very evidently one broken horn on the left side of her head. So when you look at her, she's got one fully formed horn and one kind of broken one that she always tries to position her hood to hide. She's got a very sweet smile. But it, you'd be hard-pressed to make eye contact with her. 
Beautiful. Um, welcome, Benny. And then coming down from the northeast side, we see a red-headed halfling, Dorian, walking at a brisk pace with a scourge Asimar, uh, keeping pace beside him. Dorian is carrying some wolf bones as their offering and says to his companion, <clears throat> Tomorrow we are going to have to work on breaking the ice on the southeastern side for a new gravesite, and Massima wants us to do a shallow pit near the open woods tomorrow at first light for the offering burnings that are coming from today. Ah, it never ends. Another early night tonight, Dorian. Absolutely, kid. And Amancio, you can introduce your character. So, Anu, or Anuhar, as I guess is his given name, uh, is uh, a crypt keeper. Uh, he was wearing plain clothes. He's very tall, very slender, almost sort of skeletal looking, but, you know, not quite. This is a Scourge Asimar we're talking about. Um, and wearing so many layers of just sort of plain clothing, uh, cloth that's been kind of scrounged together just to keep warm in the freezing, frigid cold of Phylovan. Um He wears a, a circlet around his forehead. Uh, his hair is black and short and messy, and it's, it's kind of coming over the top of the circlet uh, around most of his head. And around his, his neck, uh, he's wearing a, a, a few necklaces that sort of get caught up in the different layers of fabric that are, are cloaking him. Beautiful, and welcome Anu! And then finally, coming from the northern west side of the village, is a lavender tiefling carrying a small garnet carving of the sun, walking towards the town looking absolutely frigidly cold. And Jupiter, you can introduce yourself. Um, so before you, you see um, a lavender tiefling, um, dark purple hair with some streaks at the front that match her skin tone. Um, her horns kind of point towards the back of her head as they, they twist. Um, and she also has two small horns on her forehead. Um, she has a thick, uh, as thick as she can find, uh, cloak that she has clutched tightly around her. She just is very clearly hates being out in the cold and kind of doesn't want to be there, but also wants to participate um, in the festivities. Um, she also has a staff with her um, topped with um, the garnet that you see all around you um, that she it would be odd to see her without it. Um, and around her neck, um, she has a necklace with a small uh, symbol, which is uh, the symbol of the fire element. Beautiful, and welcome Luna. Perfect. Um, so all of you are starting to go and converge uh, near the town hall. The day is overcast with light snowfall. The village is quieter than usual as the people are seemingly preparing for their silent wishes to the elements for their return. Um, you can see, like, just all of the townspeople are um, gathered in this one place, which is not uncommon as the town is very close-knit. Um, but just, yeah, the energy is very somber today, obviously, except for Ro, who is just, like, so happy, beaming, is uh, very excited 
for uh, making these wishes and sending in the offerings and hoping that the elements return today. Benny makes her way towards where they're going to be leaving the offerings, like very studiously watching this little basket of fig seeds that she's carrying. You could almost visually, like, as if she's counting. She's afraid to breathe, moving these forward, just not wanting to fuss this up at all. Yeah, and you can see Camilla is um, still just kind of, like, trying to make this ashwood um, tree carving just as perfect as possible, taking great care to make all the branches um, really stand out. Um... Everything is so gray, so she's trying to chip away as much into the um, kind of underwood, getting most of the bark out of the way, uh, just to like really amplify this beauty and try to beseech the spirits. Uh, Benny getting to like more towards where they're going. She makes eye contact kind of awkwardly with holding her little basket close to her chest. Good morning, Cecily. Oh, good morning, Benny. How are you doing today? Oh, good. Just trying not to drop the fig seeds. I don't know why Ren picked something that's so small. Yeah, of course. And also very valuable as well. Those must have been very difficult to procure. We've been saving for, for quite a while now. But enough about that. Um, how are your preparations going? Oh, I'm I'm getting quite excited. Um, I'm taking this opportunity this year to really learn about how the whole ceremony goes because you know, in five short years, it'll be my turn. So, I I'm excited, but also getting a little bit anxious. Oh, of course. Being able to speak in front of all of those people? Oh, lose my breath just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. More so than anything, though, I just, I really want, I want it to work this time. You know, it's been, it's been a long time since we've had the world in harmony and peace, and if there's anything that I can do about it, I would like to be able to save us and everyone else on the continent. Same. I mean, I don't know what use I could be, but but gosh, if I had, you know, the power to, to change more than fig seeds, then I totally would. Well, Benny, you doing this is, is just the most that we can. We just have to keep putting out our wishes. Thanks, Cecily. You always know just what to say. Well, I... I hope so. I hope to try my best. I think you're going to make a great matron. That really means a lot, Benny. Um, and she kind of like smiles and offers you a little pat on the shoulder um, and starts to kind of go back to overseeing uh, the different preparations that are being done. So, Dorian, where, where do you want us to put this stuff? Oh, you, you just got to hold it. We just gotta, we just gotta hold it and get ready and, you know? The, oh, I, I hold it the, the whole time. Well, until it's time to throw it in the fire. I mean, would you want our offerings to sit on the floor? 
I mean, I, I don't see why that's so bad. Anu! I, I, How could you? I sit on the floor, and one day, I'll die, and I will be an offering. And so I don't see how that is a problem. Uh, so why is leaving this, and I kind of wave the offering in my hand, well, why, why is this going down there a problem? Well, you do have very sound logic. And I'm mm. proud of you for deducing such things. But Thank I think... I think if we put these down, we get very scolded, and that we don't want to have a scene today. But you're right, we would be offerings once we pass and go back to the earth. Isn't that the whole point? But I think the bones, we just hold them for now. Fine, I guess I'll hold it for however long it takes Massima to get out here. Shouldn't be too much longer, it's almost one. And Ani just kind of like stands there, like staring at the offering in his hand, kind of waiting for things to start so that he can go home and go to sleep, so that he can wake up <laughs> early in the morning, so that he can dig those graves. <laughs> Dorian's kind of eyeing you like, me too, bud. Me too. Just hold it together. We'll get some ale later. Once we get to break the fast, we're, we're going to have a good night. And then first light, and back to work. Oh, sweet ale. Some people find warmth from the cold in food, but you and me, Dorian, we find it in our drinks. Absolutely. <sighs> I wish they still had some of that fig ale that they had last week. Oh, don't even remind me or else I'll, I'll yearn for what I simply cannot have. Maybe after today, with all of our praise and, and hopefulness... Maybe we'll find some more figs. Maybe they'll be able to get us some good ale this time. Right, right. And maybe the elements will return and maybe the sun will come back. But these are maybes, Dorian. And you and me, we live day to day. Fair enough. Fair enough. So for tonight, it's the regular mead. Yeah. And maybe... Nah, we don't live in maybes. Well, I know that Cavi has got some uh, some new wolf to uh, to get to the butchers, so we'll See, get some nice cuts when we're done. You don't have to live in maybes. There's always something to be grateful for today. New wolf, new meal, new drinks. And <laughs> Jupiter, what are you doing right now? <laughs> um, Luna, uh, as she approaches the crowd, will kind of observe um and then upon seeing benny with her basket just like seeming so nervous about it um approaches and just goes benny i don't think whatever you have in that basket is going to bite you i don't think you need to be so nervous about it oh hi luna no i'm i'm i'm, I'm just nervous because Roe left me in charge of all of these little seeds, and I don't want to lose the little seeds. And it's a ridiculously large basket for such little seeds. If the wind blows t t too much, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna lose them. She sh shelters her shoulders over the basket a little bit more. <laughs> Do you have like a small cloth that you could cover the basket with? Uh, I wish I thought of that, but... Uh, 
not on me. Do you happen to have one? Like a handkerchief or something? Uh, give me just a moment. And she starts digging through some of the, the pouches that she has on her belt. She's like, oh, yes, I actually do happen to have one. And hands it over to Benny. Benny very gently tucks the handkerchief like over the top of the fig seeds so they don't leave her basket and then she clutches the basket back to her chest. <laughs> Thank you, Luna. You're a lifesaver. <sighs> Happy to help. So you think this is starting soon? It's really cold and I'd really like to go back inside. I think it's supposed to start at, at, at one, so we, we, we don't have too much longer to wait. I'd expect to see Massima any minute now, really. Do you think it'll work this year? I always have hope that it does. But at the same time, it's been 500 years. I can't think of any reason why suddenly anything would change. Well, I mean, it's the milestone. 499 ago they, they left. Maybe the, their lucky number is 500 and, and, and this'll be the year? Perhaps. Or maybe 500 years might just have been the sentence that the elements gave us as punishment. Oh, jeez. I hadn't thought of it that way. We must have done something real, real bad if it was five, 500 years. Yeah. All I know is that I would love to feel true warmth instead of this frigid cold. N not in front of a fireplace, but from the sky like the books say. I wonder what it feels like to truly feel the sun on your face. I wonder if it does feel like fire. Th that, that would be really neat. Maybe today is the day we find out. Finger, fingers crossed. She's like awkwardly crosses her fingers while still not letting go of the basket. <laughs> and Luna's kind of like rubbing her thumb over the the uh, the garnet sun that she carved, just like sending like thoughts into the universe, just being like, please, 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 this year, please. <laughs> so, at that. Um, you can see an old woman start to walk out from the town hall and everyone around you falls silent and stops what they're doing. The only sound is the light whistling of the wind as Massima walks down the steps and starts to begin her speech. Today is the 500th year anniversary of the abandonment as well as our 500th ceremony beseeching the spirits to return our history tells us that our land was once rich with life, a lush green land full of abundance, where the sun shined clear and our people wanted for nothing. Though we do not have a certain account of what our ancestors did to offend the spirits and cast them from this world, it falls to us to do our best to atone for their transgressions. At this time, I would like you to cast your offerings into the blazing tree in hopes of setting the world back into order. At this, you can see that Camilla has started to use her flint um, and is setting the tree carving on fire 
and the villagers are all kind of like starting to whisper and mutter their wishes and apologies to the earth spirit um and some people start um beginning to like throw their stuff into the the blaze um you can see all sorts of different um offerings being thrown in there's some wolf meat um that Daro and Kavi are throwing in um and uh Dorian starts to kind of nudge Anu and is like all right it's time we can put them down um oh, and he God. starts to walk over to the fire um and as ceremoniously as he can puts the bones into the blaze and like gestures you for you to do the same I, I walk up to the fire and sort of hold the bones high up and, and drop them into the flames and watch them ignite mm-hmm. they start to kind of crackle and break um, under the very hot flame uh, Ro kind of like toddles up to you Benny and kind of like taps you on the shin uh, and just is beaming alright kid off you go you're not gonna come with me no, it's, this is your time. I brought a separate offering. I got Cammy to do a, a little trinket of a tiny wooden tree. So this is all you. Okay. She gently takes the handkerchief off the top of the seeds, shakes it out. Thank you, Luna. And then she walks over with her basket and almost like the most awkward flower girl. You watch her like pick the seeds out and kind of sprinkle them in little handful by little handful because she doesn't want to miss a single one (laughs) and then she shakes the basket upside down to make sure she's got them all and then she just kind of stands there with her eyes closed and you see um right after you Ro kind of toddles up and like with a flick of the wrist throws the little tree into the blaze and does a little twirl and smiles like beaming with arms stretched out as if to say like all right we did it come back now earth spirits um and then like beams up at you and kind of like walks back uh into the circling crowd so that the next people can come up and do their offering benny follows ro into the crowd readjusting her hood and then Jupiter uh, Luna was not far behind Benny and Ro um, and approaches the flames um, and holds um, the sun in both of her hands and just once more like I just I just want to be warm and takes a deep breath and just kind of tosses it into the flames beautiful um, and everyone kind of finishes up. The townsfolk are all kind of like doing their little um, burnings and then little wishes. And then um, after everyone has done that, Massima and Cecily walk up together. And as they sort of do um, with the traditions is they'll write um, like either poems or like little um, like stories of like how the world used to be and stuff like that and so they both have um each a small piece of parchment that they like place into the flames um and they do this little like um silent prayer 
um, and they start to walk back up the steps to stand um, just above the crowd a little bit. Um, and after all of the offerings have been tossed in um, to burn, uh, Massima is standing back up at the top of the steps um, and she bows her head and she begins to prepare to sing of a uh, once beautiful country now tarnished in ever falling snow when the earth begins to shake violently you hear a great crack coming from near the um the town hall and everybody make an acrobatics saving throw Ooh. benny got 16. okay anu got nine okay <laughs> Ooh. Luna got two. Oh, okay. <laughs> so rough night. <laughs> rough night. Rough night. You're so cold. Your limbs are like shaking already. So when the earth tremors, you just you shake and you fall. Um, so uh, Benny is able to stay upright as the the land starts to violently vibrate, and there's a uh, a bunch of cracking noises throughout the town um and poor luna is so thrown off balance she falls um really close to one of the cracks that starts to kind of open up um kind of over in the like northwest side of the uh town square um and like narrowly misses falling into it it's a shallow crack only about like five feet deep but still like narrowly missing um and you definitely take one point of damage for falling so hard yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and anu you also fall um and you can see dorian fall down with you trying to like grab your hand to like stay upright but then you guys both just like go down go, together like, full, full slip <laughs> legs in the air like right onto your backs very like home alone style yeah like just right on the ice i guess i was gonna say mario and luigi but it's more like marv and the other one i don't yeah. know <laughs> the wet bandits yeah the wet bandits just like legs right in the air like so like you know um and you can see as well that Cecily and Massima um, on the steps are kind of like trying to like huddle. Um, you couldn't tell if they fell or if they're just like kneeling close to the ground to not get hurt from the shake. Um, and you can see a bunch of other people as well have become prone on the ground um, as the earth is tremoring. Um, so after a couple of minutes um, of people screaming and in fright and kind of saying like, why is this happening on, on the 500th ceremony? Like everybody's kind of freaking out, like what is going on? Why is this happening to our village? This doesn't happen. Um, that's why we're in Philoven where it's not as aggressive in terms of earth conditions because when you go up further to the north, um, to the open tundra, there is like far more extremes like um avalanches and earth tremors and all this kind of stuff so you guys are kind of in like a pocket of sort of protection um but it's still aggressive snowfall and aggressive winds but this is very uncommon like this is not something that happens especially to the point where there's actual breaks in the earth um 
So once the tremors have stopped and you kind of can glance over to the northern eastern side of the town hall and you see that the ground has opened up and you can see that there is a large cavernous tunnel that is leading into the earth. Um, Massima and Cecily start to kind of like make their way over. A bunch of people are kind of starting to crowd and circle around it. Um, and uh, Massima announces to everybody, um, go back to your homes and do not panic. The history keepers will investigate this. Please, everyone, stay safe and locked inside. There is no need to worry. We will continue. I will consult with my books, and the spirits will will not bring shame to us. We have done our best, and, and I don't take this as a bad sign. We just, we just need to do better, everyone. Go back to your homes. Um, and you can hear... Row as well, calling out to everyone. If anyone's been hurt, come over to the healing shelter and I'll take care of you. And that was a quickity quake, so let's go and make sure you didn't break. Um, and starts, like, trying to help people up um, and bring them over to the shelter. And you can see, like, the people um, around are trying to compose themselves and get up and checking if they've been hurt and that sort of thing. Um, and then Massima and Cecily, you can see, are starting to make the deep descent into this cavern. Benny, uh, watching the Massima and Cecily walk over there, she goes to the, the entrance of the tunnel and casts dancing lights and sends four little luminescent light orbs down towards them. Mm. I, I only have a range of 120 20 feet. If you go farther than that, unless I follow, you'll lose the light. Um, you can see Massima kind of looking up to you. Perhaps you can come, Benny. You are a trained healer, so... I think it would be all right. And we do need the lights. So Benny walks down the entryway to the tunnel, guiding herself down to where Massimo and well, Massimo is, and she places her hand on Massimo's shoulder. She's like, I don't know if you'll need this, um, but guidance. She casts guidance on Massima to see if there's anything that she can learn about the space that just opened up. Mm. And she says, thank you. Thank you very much, Benny. I think we might need to inspect the wherever this bottom's out before we can learn much of what's gone on here. Because um, it is quite a large drop. Um... She only made it about five feet down um, before you kind of, like, came in, and it looks like there's still quite a long ways to go. And Anu and Luna, what are you guys doing? Uh, Do Dorian, Do Dorian, uh, are you alright? Oh, yeah, uh, uh, just, uh, just my spine. Uh, I mean, any worse than it was this morning? <laughs> yes. Oh, 
Well, um, here, and I, I cast, I don't think I actually have Cure Wounds, so I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't cast that spell. Um, I give him a hand up instead. Yeah, you do, and he is just, like, bent over, like, in a walking cane position, you know, like, um, like, very hunched, and mm-hmm. he just starts to kind of, like, walk very slowly. Uh, I think I'm gonna head to Rose Place and get this checked out. You know, that's a, a great idea f- for you, Dorian, but me, you see, that this whole be, could be here today, gone tomorrow. I gotta go check it out, and plus, you know, if anyone slips and... someone has to bring them back so we can not have them stay under the plaza and have them be buried with the rest of the village but but before you before you go uh hang on and i do actually have healing hands so i am gonna heal five hit points for dorian nice yeah Uh, he looks much better and Um, i do do it while i like crack his back like i pick him up (laughs) and i like bend him over my waist (laughs) and, and then i plop him back down (laughs) um and you can see he looks so disgruntled but he gives you such a quirk smile um and just like winks at you as he says oh my back still really hurts i think we might have to sleep in tomorrow and not dig those graves for one day and I sure Massimo will understand because this was quite the tragedy huh you know it's it's a shame you never taught me how to use a shovel Dorian and I just I can't dig those graves without you nah I know I know I'm sorry about that Anu it's my neglect what are we to do uh, we'll get back around to it whenever you, your back's feeling better. It might take us a couple weeks, you know, to really work out how to use a shovel. Uh, so, you know, we might have to take a couple weeks off for that. I think so. I'm gonna go <sighs> hobble my way over to the healer shelter. Alright, alright. I'm going into the cave, so if I don't come back... um. Here, I, I pull off one of my necklaces and I hand it to Dorian. I'm like, but, but put put that in the grave if if I don't come back. You're gonna come back, kid. Yeah, I mean, I, like... I, I I know I will, but you know me. If I slip and I fall and I hit my head, it could be any day now. It's bound to happen. Anu, you're gonna come back. He says with like a big grin, and he like pats you on the back. I'm not letting you get out of grave digging that easy. Ugh, uh, knowing you, you've probably been studying necromancy on the side, and you'll dig up my corpse and make him dig the rest of the graves. <laughs> you never know. R- right, and with that, I will be going, and I start going towards the hole in the ground. Yeah, you guys split, um, and he starts walking over to Rose House. Uh, or Rose Workshop, rather. And, yeah, you start heading over to the cavern where you see uh, Benny and Masma and Cecily are descending. And, Jupiter, what are you doing? Um, As soon as the rumbling stopped, Luna, like, picked herself up and kind of, like, wobbled a little bit. 
looked around, located her staff, um, and then seeing Benny approaching the cave and then Anu not far behind that was like, oh no, I'm not missing out on this. And kind of jogs over to the cave. Perfection. Um, so you guys... <laughs> Benny uh, realizing that she just tried to do two spells at once, the whole thing went dark when she cast Guidance. And she's like, oh, oh, right, the lights. Oh, the lights. Um, oh, one sec. And she, like, casts dancing lights again and the lights go back on. I'm sorry, mess uh, the, the spell, dual spell casting. New, new to me. Uh, sorry. Oh, don't worry. At least you have dark vision, and so does Cecily, so we'll be all right. Um, and she just kind of, like, is trying to maintain composure, um, but you can see, like, it it's kind of all belied by her, um, her very somber eyes. Like, she looks like she's very scared for the well-being of the town, and that... Like, it's all a facade. She's just, like, so scared um, underneath this, like, trying to um, be calm for her people. Yeah. So, you guys make your way. It's about 50 feet down into the earth. Um, so, as you're walking, um, usually what you see is that there's, like... Um, a bunch of ice like kind of even at the top there's like a five foot layer of ice just kind of like crackling into the earth you can see veins of it as you descend um and then once you kind of get past the um 10 feet uh marker it just keeps going down um and it starts to kind of feel a little bit warmer down here you're kind of encased in the shelter of um earth so it's there's no like wind chill the snow hasn't been able to pierce down here um it goes uh quite steep down at first but then it kind of levels off into almost it almost feels and looks like it was a crafted hallway in the earth so it kind of like um has like a rounded off ceiling uh the deeper that you get and it kind of, like, it looks like there was an intervention to make this space. It doesn't look like it's, um, just like a naturally occurring cave, cavern system. Um, but it is just this one long hallway. Um, and as you guys are kind of going, Massima's just, like, muttering little wishes, um, and kind of, like, inspecting the space really uh with a lot of scrutiny and cecily is doing the same but more so paying attention to massima trying to make sure that she's okay um because it is very steep and she is a very elderly woman um and she's just like trying to make sure that her grandmother is okay um and did you guys try to like uh, other than benny who like did come up um and like join Massima and Cecily uh did Anu and Luna like were you sneaking down there to like follow them or were you like catching up with them and walking down with them I Anu was just like running right up behind Benny like well yeah w wait for me don't go too far ahead <laughs> okay yeah same same for Luna yeah just yeah just like basically like no this is the most interesting thing that's ever happened in my entire life I'm not missing out on this 
Yeah. And you distinctly feel, Luna, that it is not as cold down here. It's not warm, but it's less cold. And you're quite pleased about it. So it doesn't feel like negative like 40 degrees Celsius. It feels more like negative 5, which is a huge difference. Luna is pleased. <laughs> even if it's not like, even if it's not warm, and you all see Luna do something that like you've never seen her do as she's outdoors, and she like undoes one of the clasps on her cloak so it's not as tight. <laughs> she's like, oh. we're gonna enjoy this for a second. Um, so once you get to the bottom of this cavern, um, you uh, and and you've gotten through this like almost hallway feeling expanse um you can see that there is a half rotten away wooden door barely attached to rusted hinges um and massima starts to kind of walk up um and inspects it um there's nothing particularly um special about the door um it's cold to the touch in terms of the iron um but the wood looks like it is cedar wood, which is unheard of in this mm -hmm. uh, part of the world because the only trees that really grow are ash trees. But this looks like like a, um, a wood that would grow in a nicer climate. And so it's very odd that there would be a cedar door here. Benny would kind of scan it over with her eyes and just kind of see if there's anything else that stood out to her other than the fact that it was clearly not a wood native to the area. Like any engravings, any markings that might stand out to her. Yeah, you can roll an investigation. Not great. 12 for 16. 16? Oh, yeah, okay. So you can't see any particular, like, symbols or markings, but you, um, you can tell, like, just by looking at this door, that it's, like, probably, like, 510 years old. At least. Like, it's super old. And you can also see that there is um on the like iron circle like door handle thing like it's not a knob it's like the circles that you like pull um you can see that it looks like it's very worn like many hands have been pulling at this iron door and it looks like it has been very well used um that this was a place that there was a lot of like traffic in and out of this space it's like, you know how um, when you go to, like, really old castles and stuff, and the floors, like, the stairs and stuff, are, like, indented? Grooved in the middle Because of so much such. use? Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like that. Like, the door looks like it had many hands be pulling on it. Okay. So Benny, almost unable to stop herself, would kind of observe it and then just start saying that out loud. It's, it's older than the abandonment <sighs> older than the abandonment oh gosh 
Yeah, and you hear Massima kind of mutter under her breath, like, I think today might have been the day the spirits wanted us to know about this. Perhaps, perhaps this is a sign that they might be coming back. Do we dare be so hopeful? The only thing I know is, is, is if someone shows you a door, they typically want you to see what is on the other side. Yes, but gently, very gently. It's very old, and how could we possibly deign to to ruin such an artifact? If it wasn't destroyed in the earthquake, something tells me that it'll get on just fine if we try to open it as is its intended function. Perhaps, but gently, very gently. And you can see her, like look very nervous <laughs> at the prospect of you guys trying to open this door. Are we... Sorry. I was just thinking if we're worried about, like, a collapse or anything. Like, should I try to thaumaturgy it open from back here? Or... What do you... What, what do you guys think? Uh, can I make an investigation check to see if it's a push or a pull door? Yeah, absolutely! (laughs) Uh, that is a dirty 18 for a modified 18. (laughs) (laughs) 18? Beautiful. You know you gotta pull that open. Uh, I, I pull the door. You just pull it? Very gently. Gently. Okay. <laughs> okay, so you uh, extend your hand and reach into the curved iron. It is cold to the touch, but not frigid. It doesn't feel like it's going to give you like frostbite by touching this, but it is cool to the touch. And you start to pull gently on this door and you hear the wood groan and creak and the rust on the iron hinges is like, it's kind of difficult to open because of so much unuse and because they're so um, like fragile and uh, aged. Um, but you do manage to pull it open. And as you open the door, you see within the room um, that that this room looks to be like an ancient earth acolyte chamber. You know from some stories Massima has shared that there was once a great temple honoring the earth spirits that was lost, and there were many who served the spirits directly. This seems to be one of the old archive chambers, and you can see that there is a faded mural painted on the wall depicting a huge mountain with a glittering tape Uh, with a glittering temple at its flat peak and you look around the room and you can see that there's a bunch of decaying scrolls and books and you see that um there is like uh the mountain range is kind of near a lake in the distance um and it just looks very beautiful the paint though very harshly faded you can see that has very bright colors um not anything that you'd be able to procure now um because everything is either like charcoal or sometimes you can 
um, get like reds, um, but mostly just like black artwork. Um, and yeah, it just, there's splashes of like purples. It's depicting a beautiful um, country with green and you can see little red um, spherical fruits hanging on a tree that very much resembles um, the ones that the statue beside the town hall depicts with the soldier who's um, got his hands clasped uh, on top of the sword. Um, and it just looks like whatever land this was once was phenomenally peaceful and beautiful. And you can, like, um, hear Masma just have a little, like, gasp at all of this, um, and starts to kind of, like, go and very delicately ex inspect some of the scrolls. Masma, the, the, the fruits, are these the, um, Apples. The apples that you talked about? Yes, dear. Yes, this... And you can see her start to, like, well up with tears. That's what they are. This is what our land used to be. My goodness. The temple is has been long disappeared, and the mountain... The sacred earth mountain, it, it's been gone. No one knows what happened to it, but it's gone. But yet in this, in this painting, it's, it's more glorious than anything I could have imagined. Benny would be too curious not to try to peek at some of the scrolls or anything. Uh -oh. mm -hmm. But just very carefully because she knows she's clumsy so she'd probably just like at first like look inspect and then just attempt to look at scrolls she's too curious not to yes i would love for you to roll an investigation check all righty Good job, Benny. That's a 19 for a 23 total. Oh, phenomenal. <laughs> I'm so glad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was nervous. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Um, perfect. So, as you're walking around the room, you sort of, like, are seeing uh, most of the scrolls and, and books and stuff that have been laying open um, are all, like, uh, almost illegible. It's very deteriorated with age, so um, most of it is just kind of, like, uh, smudges of letters and whatnot. Um, but you do find one book that looks slightly less... Um, fragile, like it, it's still very old and starting to decay, um, but it looks like if you picked it up, it wouldn't completely, like, disintegrate in your hand. Um, so you find this almost entirely rotten journal, um, that still has some substance to it, and you open up to a page, and you see that it says, it was coming, S, and then a bunch of smudge, 
the mountain shook a bunch of smudge. We have to a bunch of smudge. The spirits are a bunch of smudge. And then don't lose. And then there's a bunch of smudge and you can't read the rest. Massima, you you might want to see this. She kind of like walks over, leaving Cecily staring at the mural of the big mountain. Um, She peers down and she reads, um, she reads this and she kind of like looks very thoughtful and kind of like says um, in almost a whisper, they knew the abandonment was coming. They must have known. It at least implies that here. If they knew it was coming, why did they not stop it? Maybe that has to go with the we have to smudge. Like, they had to do a, a, a task or a, or a trial and maybe they couldn't finish it on time? I don't know. I... I don't know either. And she looks very shocked at herself that, like, she, for probably the first time in her life, doesn't know what to do. Benny, not wanting to be discouraged, would try to see if there's any other, like, salvageable pages in this journal, so being as careful as she can, um, would kind of, like, see if there's anything else that's legible. Hmm. Yeah, so there's not much else. Um, you can kind of see, like, little, um, like, that's sort of, like, to the end of the journal. There, that was kind of the last, like, maybe ten pages of the journal. Um, if you flip kind of more so to the front, you can see just, like, um, some daily practices, um, some, like, meeting notes, um, nothing too crazy. You can see some, like, um, personal journal entries of, like, experiences that this particular acolyte from ancient history had, um, had with the spirits, and, yeah, just sort of, like, daily life stuff, but this passage is, like, the sort of one that you know to be the, like, most important part of this journal. Um, and then Anu and Luna, what are you guys doing? Um, Anu would have gone up to look at one of the statues. I don't think I said there was statues. Oh, oh, I I guess it was on the painting, the, the very, the the guy with the sword. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So Um, it's, it's just like the mural. Yes. Um painted there and then just like a bunch of like books and work tables and like some empty quill bottles and some like like looks like feather stems that um don't have any feathers on them anymore yeah uh are are the work tables just like desks to 
write manuscripts at sort of thing? Or are, are, were they doing like some sort of craftsmanship? You can do an investigation. Lovely. Uh, that's a 16. Yeah, so you can see that there's like some um, like really, really old equipment that looks like maybe they were trying to do like some potion work and spell work. Um, you can see a couple of other like metal um, tools and like potentially beaker holders um, and stuff like that. Um, maybe they were trying to just like as a thought like um, that passes through your head that they might have been doing um, like trying to see if they could like come up with new rituals for reverence or other ways to commune with the spirits. Maybe they were trying to make the spirits have corporeal form to talk to them. Who knows? Like you just um, are looking at like all these different kinds of um, tools as well as the um, like pages and pages of really falling apart books and scrolls. And can I overhear uh, Benny and Masuma's conversation? I think so. I don't think you guys are, like, whispering, yeah? Oh, gosh, no, I, don't, I wouldn't say so. I think Benny just finding what she found would, like, want Masuma's attention just because Masuma knows so much more than her. But it wouldn't have been mm. something she tried to, like, hide or conceal. Yeah. You know, Masuma, if, if they knew the abandonment was coming and they they couldn't stop it. Maybe it's because it wasn't stoppable. But maybe this happened. Maybe we're here now because we can do something about it now. Maybe we can pick up where they left off. I mean, there's this junk lying around. There's God. Uh, I can't even count how many scrolls. Maybe we can pick up where they left off and, and finish what they started and bringing the elements back, bringing the spirits back? I suppose it might not have been stoppable, but they must have done something horribly wrong. I just don't know what to believe or think anymore. Upon Anu, like, saying that there were, like, tools and such, that completely passed by Benny earlier, so she gently hand off the journal to Massima, and then turned to go see where all of, like, those tools in that were, to see with more of her, like, alchemy artificer background if there was something else about that that might stand out to her, like, could she get a little bit of insight into what they were trying to do? Yeah, you can totally roll an arcana. Uh, it's only at six, so for thirteen. Thirteen? Um, you think maybe they were trying to commune with the spirits in a different way than just to speak to them kind of like in an omnipotent way versus like in a more grounded uh, form of reciprocal communication rather than like wishes and then signs more like a talk and talk but you're not sure and that might not actually be what they were trying to do 
but you think like mm, maybe they're trying to like find new ways of communication so again Benny would kind of like upon thinking that she would just kind of have that out loud thought oh, I wonder with this I mean they could but maybe Massima did any of your texts ever make reference to them trying other forms of communication with the spirits other than like offerings and, and, and wishes the texts and records have only said that the acolytes did want to have closer connectedness with the spirits and they wanted to have good communication with them but the specifics of that endeavor were never recorded. Perhaps that might have been part of the abandonment if they were ashamed of how they were trying to communicate. Or maybe they pushed too far? If they're trying to communicate on par levels with elemental spirits who are revered as gods, I mean, maybe... Maybe they opened the door a little too wide. The fallibility of mortality. We all think more highly of ourselves than we should. Sometimes. <sighs> Fair. And Jupiter, what are you doing? Um, kind of while listening to that conversation, uh, Luna has been, like, walking around. She's, I want to see if there's any, like, if it's very clear that this is, like, the end of the line of, like, where we can go, or if there's anything that indicates there might be, like, another passage or, like, a spot to another room, like, a trap door, anything that indicates, um, and just, like, kind of listening to that conversation, just kind of, like, mm, says, um, Perhaps maybe they were trying to contact the elements because maybe the elements were already starting to abandon the lands. Maybe there was something that pointed if they knew that the abandonment was coming, perhaps they were trying to find a way to stop it by contacting the spirits. It's a good hypothesis. Um, is Luna able to to find any additional doors or paths or anything? Uh, no, you can tell quite uh, effectively that this room is just um, its own thing. Perhaps there might have once been um, more tunnels connecting this, um, like the the tunnel that was outside of this room might have had other branches, but this room in particular is just its own thing um it's there all of the walls essentially um are quite lined up uh with tables and um small shelves and stuff like that so it is like this is dead end but um as you're looking around the room luna um and you're looking sort of in the walls and you're trying to see like if there's any perhaps trap doors or anything um and you kind of like land near the um near the mural where in front of the mountain 
depiction. And I would like you to roll an insight. Uh, 11. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. Um, That's okay. So, (laughs) uh, as you're staring at the mountain, um, you think, like, you just kind of note, like, wow, that's a really beautiful lake that's near the mountain, and wow, that's really, that's a really nice temple. That probably would have been the most magnificent thing to behold when it was in its prime. It's too bad it's gone. Masma, what do you know about this temple? Um, only that it was a place of great reverence, and that is where the high priestess of the spirits would live in each of the districts. And it was a wonder. The temples all across this continent were magnificent, ornate, and full of light and love. Do you know where this temple would have been? It was not recorded, I suppose. It probably was recorded until the abandonment and when the temple was lost, the spirits probably were lost with it. And this this scenery in this this mural, does this look at all familiar to you? She kind of like studies um, the mural, looking at it really hard. Um, and you can actually see that Cecily as well has been like staring at this mural so in depth. Cecily kind of blurts out, that's Lake Bamel. Are you sure, Cecily? I think so. It, it just, it looks so much, it looks so much like it. I mean, if it wasn't frozen over, but it, it just looks so familiar. This has to mean something. Brahma, it's been, especially because it's been 500 years, this is the anniversary, and and so, ever, somebody has to go up there to investigate. This is the only sign we've ever gotten, and this has to mean something. Luna kind of looks over and makes eye contact with Benny, kind of like thinking about the conversation that they had earlier about the 500 year mark Benny seeing Luna's like knowing look like nods it's time isn't it Benny and I was speaking earlier about perhaps it wasn't even necessarily something that the people did to cause the elements to leave but perhaps they just left and it was maybe like a like a sentence to prison and perhaps 500 years would be the end mark the end of that sentence and you can kind of see Massima look very thoughtfully um, and kind of shake her head like no, no that couldn't possibly be the truth we had to have done something, our ancestors had to have done something, we couldn't the, the elements wouldn't have abandoned us just for no reason, or 
and the elements were perfect. They couldn't have been punished for something. I, I, I could not even fathom or comprehend why they, what would have happened to have them leave if we didn't do anything. Well, maybe we should go look. Well, that would be quite the journey in the open tundra if you were to go over to Lake Bamel. It's the closest thing we've had to a hint in, in 500 years now. I I think if we we don't at least go look, it's, it's such a waste. I agree with you, but the open tundra, no one dares tread. It's even harsher weather than what we have here, and it is quite quite dangerous and disastrous to those who go out. So we'll wear extra layers and pack a lot of wood for fires. We'll be fine. I've been waiting for something like this my entire life. The opportunity, perhaps, to bring back the elements to figure out what happened. I I can't pass that up. Well, I suppose we can at least make our way out of the cave. And she kind of looks back over to the mural and around. Um, you can see that she's still carrying the personal journal um, that you passed her, Benny. Um, and she nods, and Cecily starts to help her back up through the cavernous entrance. Um, she's much slower going this time, as it is quite steep uphill once you get um, closer <clears throat> to the top. Um, and yeah, she's just like looks so contemplative and thoughtful um and yeah so just also making sure um that i clarified this well is that the mountain was really close to lake bamel but not like on top of it so it's like that was like a landmarker that indicated the area that it would be around if it was there but as far as you guys know, and as far as people have ventured, um, there has been no mountain and no temple. But yeah. So you guys um, make your way back up. Um, the day has waned on quite a bit. It's now about 4.30 in the afternoon. Um, so you spent a good, like, three-ish hours um, <clears throat> down in this cave, um, just with the time that it takes to, like, walk down there, and then the time that you were searching, and then to get back up. So, it is getting a little bit more nippy as the day has waned on. Um, the snow is falling a little bit more in earnest now, um, and you can feel the chill sort of, uh, whip at your guys' faces and extremities that haven't been covered. Little buttons are cloaked back up. <laughs> like, nope, back in we go. Um, Massima kind of, like, turns to you guys as uh, you uh, exit the cave and says, If you go, go with all of the hope of everyone in this village. Go with my blessing, and I will make many wishes for your safe return. 
and she kind of like nods very shallowly to you guys um, and starts to head back up um, to the town hall that hadn't gotten destroyed in the quake. It was so near this cave entrance, but luckily enough, the cave did not uh, encroach too much. So the town hall is still standing. Um, and you can see some people um, coming around trying to like um, grab as much like not iced over earth to like fill in the packets of um, cracked open land uh, and some people are bringing over big rocks to try and just like cover the holes um, so that people don't fall in especially as it gets closer to night uh, and people are just kind of like looking so disheartened um, and like there's murmurs of this being an even worse omen than what they thought today was going to bring As soon as uh, Massmo walks away, I kind of, I grab both Anu and Benny and like kind of pull them off to the side where there aren't as many people. So are we actually doing this? I, I have no reason why we shouldn't. I, I mean, it's, it's not like Massimo can make the journey herself. I really think that we probably should go. And besides, we've lived in the cold all our lives. We know our way around the first part of the tundra we'd be venturing across anyhow. It can't be much worse the further we go. Sure, it's cold, but again, that's no problem for us. We have to go see. This is a, a once in... A, not, not just one lifetime, a once in seven lifetime opportunity to not go would be accepting that this is our life when it could be better precisely we're going to need provisions like you said extra clothing extra layers I have spells that create fire so it's not necessarily something that we need to worry about there, at least. Uh, I, I, I would love a little bit of downtime just so that I could make us a few potions. Just in case. Those could certainly come in handy. I, I don't see why we're, we're in any rush. I mean, if there's a mountain there, it's not like it's going to be going anywhere. I mean, it may, it, it could, it could fall back into the, the ground, but, you know, if, if it's only there for one day, it's not like, we, you know, it's going to take us longer than a day to, to get there. You, you know, I'm saying that we have time to wait, really. And it doesn't have to be a lot of time, but just some. And I can't help but think now, having heard you say that, Anu, Maybe the earth didn't just shake here. Maybe the mountain was gone. But what if that was enough to bring it back? I mean, the kind of earthquake that would bring a, a mountain out of the ground? I mean, it, that this kind of damage is definitely what we would expect to see all the way over here. So uh, I think you might be putting two and two together, Benny, and I... 
I really like the look of that four. As they say that, I kind of look in the direction that we're going and see if the horizon looks the same. Um, you can roll a perception. You're gonna be kidding me. It's a nat one. That's a seven. <laughs> God damn it. Okay. I can't do anything um, today. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Um, you try so hard to peer off into the distance towards the north, um, the northeastern side where you know, like, Bimel is supposed to be. And uh, you look really hard, and as you're looking, a bunch of snow falls into your eyes, and you have to blink away the water droplets because um, it is snowing quite heavily now, and you just <laughs> try to wide-eyed, um, like, see what you can see on the horizon, and you just get a face full of snow. What do you say? A day? Y yeah, a, a day. Sorry, I, I started off with them. Um, how am I gonna tell Ro? <laughs> It'd almost be easier not to say anything. Ah, uh, but you you can't do that. You can't leave Ro guessing. I mean, uh, look, I'm I'm sure Ro knows that you'll be fine on your own. It's true. He's always encouraging me to to get out there and do more. And she's like swinging her arms back and forth as if Ro's there, <laughs> like almost a marching style. <laughs> Do you want someone to go with you to talk to him? N no. No. Thank you. So a day. I'll handle p potions. And food. I could take care of the food if you want to just take care of potions and then clothing, Anu? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I'd need much more than a day, either. So let's take tomorrow, and then... Dawn of the following day, we head out. Works for me. Sounds good. I, I don't know about the rest of you, but I was gonna go... I had to meet Dorian down at the... the inn. I think that sounds lovely. A bite to eat and something warm to drink. That would be really nice. <laughs> okay. Um, perfect. So, um, you guys are gonna take the day tomorrow to, um, prepare and all that stuff. Um, are you, so you're wanting to, like, so, Caitlin, you're gonna go back to, like, the healer's shelter, um, where you and Ro live and have a chat, and then you guys are all gonna go to the Wastes? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Um, so, Benny starts to head back to the healer shelter. Um, Ro is kind of, like, finishing patching up, um, the last couple of people. The injuries weren't, like, extensive, but quite a few people did fall, so they're just, like, wanting to make sure, um, that they're all good, especially because this land is so harsh when you get injured and you can't, um, like, work and contribute to the goings-on, um, 
it's kind of makes it difficult for everyone so people are like wanting to make sure that they're like good to go um and as you walk in Ro just kind of like throws their arms out and is like welcome home Benny how did it go it, it went really really well actually and she like starts playing with like the front part of her cloak um kind of twirling it between her fingers went really well we um got some good insights as to um well, let me start we found a, a, a door and then we went inside and there was a a mural and um we got a good insight i'm leaving the day after tomorrow to go on a journey i hope you don't mind and as you say that ro like as he's like bandaging up um this last person's like arm um that was scraped in the quake kind of like stops like like comedic timing like stops dead and just looks over to you with like a whip of his neck and it's like Benny you're going on your first adventure and you see her kind of like wince yeah yes Anu Luna and I we're going to Lake Bamel. You see, like, Ro, like, drops the bandages and is, like, like, takes a pause for a second and then is, like, what? You're going into the open tundra? Uh, it's the closest thing we've had to a hint in, like, 500 years and if we don't do it then who's gonna do it i mean you're too important here and and we can't ex exactly ask masama to do it so 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 so, so it's it, it's Lu Lu luna anna and i well of course you're going into the open tundra <laughs> could you bring me back some spring water from the fast flowing river that goes up to the glaciers should have known you were pulling my leg. <sighs> uh. <laughs> Kid, I'm just proud that you're leaving. You gotta spread your wings, Benny. You gotta fly like a bird that we <laughs> never see here. Be the bird we never see. I I've seen them in, in books. <laughs> and now you're gonna be a real thing. Tweet, tweet, ha! <laughs> and sp spring water. I I, I can do that. Um, Glacier water is really good for the soul. D do you mind if I make extra potions of healing to take alongside us, just in case? Of course, I wouldn't have it any other way. If you leave here without everything that you need, we can deal with the restock later when you get back. Make sure you take care of yourself. And this is, like, the most serious that you've ever seen Ro get. Thank you. Really. I love you, Benny. I love you too, Dad. You now, you take care. And you see, um, he, like, picks up the, the bandages and is starting to, like, roll. And it's like... <clears throat> Well, this is almost a wrap. <laughs> Get it? Bandages wrap. <laughs> I'm gonna go out to the 
waste f for a little bit. But I'll be back soon. Alright, Benny. Have fun! I will. She walks over and, like, kisses the top of Rose's head and then runs out the door. <laughs> Perfect. Um, and then Luna and Anu, you went straight to the wastes? Yeah. Well, I, I'd probably say goodbye to Dorian, you know, be like, ah, Dorian, I'm going away. We can't dig those graves, Dorian. You'll have to wait for me to come back, Dorian. <laughs> Oh no! I oh, and my back still needs a week to heal. What are, what are we gonna do, Anu? Oh. Ah, uh, you know, Dorian. I'll, maybe I'll see if I can find you some some herbs out there. Make you a a lovely yarrow tea or something of the sort to to really sort you out and and get you you know spry as a a, a young halfling. Oh that would be lovely but if you can't that's okay because I think bed rest is is just the ticket ah uh, yes first bed rest then palliative care and then you're the one in those great and then uh, then I have to dig them on my own hey hang on I don't like the sound <laughs> of this so much <laughs> you better you better be better when I get back Dorian it's okay Anu we'll figure out something yeah you we <laughs> certainly will <laughs> you have fun in the way or in the in the wastes tavern, yes. But also make sure you come back because neither one of us is digging those graves or dealing with the offering remnants. And yeah, I'm not doing this myself. Yeah, <laughs> neither am I. And I, I head off to the wastes. Beautiful. Um, so you go into the wastes and you see that Lyric has opened up um, just to kind of keep morale. Um, he's trying to be as friendly and like uh, as smiley and uh, putting on a good front um, for the people that have come. It's very, very sparse uh, in terms of the townspeople that have come uh, into the tavern tonight just because people are more so um, like scared to be out of their homes. And, uh, just the, like, feelings of today after everything that happened, uh, it's, it's not, it's not great. Um, but you see as Lyric, um, sees you guys come in, he gives you a, a very, um, boisterous wave and a smile that doesn't reach his eyes and says, uh, welcome, welcome, guys, uh, please come, we're doing, uh, we're doing some free mead tonight for, for everyone. Uh, please take a seat anywhere you'd like. Free? Oh, oh gosh. Uh, thank you, Lyric. Of course, of course. It's uh, 500 years and here's to hopefully not having any more years of this. And he just kind of like is trying to not be awkward, but uh, he he goes and grabs you guys some ale. How generous of Lyric. He's trying his best. Um, so he brings you over the ale um, and just sets it down uh, and gives you guys all a really, like, um, curt nod and a half smile um, and then hurries back over to behind the bar and is, is like, trying to... He's It almost looks like he's stress-cleaning 
like he's just kind of like putting everything in order, organizing and then reorganizing um, different cups and different kind of utensils and all that stuff. He just like looks like he's really trying to keep busy. How's everyone else in the in the tavern looking? Like, do they they seem stressed? Like, yeah, like the vibe uh, is very like um, concerned, um, sullen, and like, yeah, people are kind of keeping to themselves mostly. Like, even people who've decided to sit with other people at tables are are not really talking. It's kind of like like a quiet. Um, like, mostly you can just hear, like, cups clinking on the table um, when they're being set down and some bustling uh, from Lyric behind the bar. But it's very, like, dead in here. And and normally after this yearly celebration, would this have been more lively if the events of today had not happened? Yeah, usually there's, like, it's still, like, a somber day, but... Um, Usually there's a little bit, you know, when they're, when everybody's breaking the fast of the day, um, and the sun goes down, there's usually a little bit of a kind of half party, um, just to kind of, like, celebrate that, um, they get to eat again for the most part, but also, like, to stay within the community and kind of rally, um, with all their hopes and people usually talking a lot about, like, what can they do, like, to do better next year, like, what are kind of, like, um, goals they have to, um, like, inspire the spirits to come back, that sort of thing, like, it's almost like a, like a not as boisterous New Year's party. Like, it's more of, like, a, a subdued New Year's party, where people are, like, yeah, engaging with each other and trying to set um, good intentions for the next ceremony that would happen in another year. Um, quietly to just, so that just Anu and Benny can hear. Um, this is so sad. Like, I know it's not, like, a giant party every year, but normally it's more than this. Well, let's see if there's anything we can do to make this the last ceremony that we ever have to perform. I'll drink to that. Benny lifts up her little stein towards the center of the table. To the last ceremony. To the last ceremony ever. To the last ceremony. Click. <laughs> Benny takes a big sip. Anu drains his mug. Well, if that that's what we're doing. Bottoms up, Luna. <laughs> Benny slowly starts like Bottoms up. chugging hers. <laughs> <laughs> Benny, Benny, by by no means do you have to keep up with me. This is just how I prefer to consume uh, most things, to be quite honest. Benny puts the stein down and wipes her mouth. <laughs> One and done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anu, Anu pats Benny on the back and says, Lyric, Lyric, let's get some more over here. He looks at you kind of wide-eyed like, oh, maybe free, maybe free mead for this one was not a good plan. <laughs> and he brings you guys over four more and he sets two in front of Anu. 
He's anticipating, like... Very enjoy. smart. Thinking ahead. <laughs> um, so you guys enjoy the rest of your night at the Wastes. Um, Lyric closes a little bit early tonight just because there's not a lot of people in there. Um, and he also wants to get home to Abaris. She's um, running out of mead. Yeah, <laughs> that too. <laughs> um, so he kind of shoes you guys out um, and says, Happy beseeching day. Um, good night, guys. Uh, and he closes the tavern door behind you. Um, and you guys all head back to your respective dwellings. Um, so the next day, you guys all, um, we don't need to, like, roleplay it if you don't want to. We could just, like, say that, uh, you guys got all your preparations done. Um, you got, um, uh, how many potions were you trying to make? I'm just trying to think of, like, what would be like a normal amount like what could Benny if that was her sole focus for the day um, like could, could she make a decent amount yeah let's say let's say roll a d6 okay six beautiful you got six potions Okay. And just regular potions of healing? Yes. Okay. Um, so that's what you do um, with your preparation day. Um, Jupiter, um, let's say you, to get food, um, you like go to the butchers to get a bunch of cured meats, and um, Daro gives you nine rations worth of cured meats so that's three days nice. for each of you um yeah let's do that and then um anu what were you doing to prepare uh just stocking up on uh i'll try to stuff my pack with like one extra sleeping roll in case something bad happens and some extra clothes just like extra extra things we might need i'll see if i can get a medicine kit as well yeah for sure um so you can go over to row and they give you a medicine kit um and you can also like go um and procure uh an extra flint um and yeah great you got an extra bedroll you got like extra clothes yeah and that's that's it. I'm just loading up on supplies, it's making sure Dorian has enough food so that he doesn't have to walk in and out of town with his bad back. And that's everything. <laughs> his quote-unquote bad back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Gotta be ready to Amazing. dig those graves, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, beautiful. So you guys spend that day um, doing the preparations, and then we open again on the morning of the day after um Ro kind of like is uh has already prepared breakfast for Benny and is like um sort of like maintaining the shop and like cleaning up the area and just kind of like like not as not as a talkative this morning like still when he does talk He's very, like, um, like, normal 
how he is always with the punniness and the beaminess, but not uh, not as um, not as much as normal. Um, Dorian's just like still sleeping. <laughs> yeah, he's like this he is has the to only rest day. His back. Yeah, this is the only day I've had off in years. <laughs> so he's like fully taking the opportunity. Um, and then yeah, Jupiter, you get up, you get ready, get all packed up. Probably we head to uh, um, over to Benny's and Rose after getting my stuff together. Yeah. And she'd overhear Benny just being like, oh, oh I just remembered something. <sighs> something else I can do. Uh, off the top of your head, Dad, do you remember how long it takes to make alchemists fire? Do I have time to make one before I go? Benny, you're never gonna be ready. You just gotta merge! I'm merging, I'm merging. I would love fire, though. You're oh, gonna gosh. be great, kid. Don't worry about it. Uh, and he starts to kind of, like, shove you towards the door um, and is giving you a beamy smile. But you can see there's a little bit of, like, tears maybe starting to well up. Like, maybe pride, maybe, like, sad to see you go. Maybe, like, just some some big feels. But is just smiling and like waves and then like shuts the door behind you. <laughs> I j oh, oh, okay. Maybe on the way then. Morning, Luna. Good morning. Are you ready? I'd be lying if, if I said yes, but also if I said no. There's things I keep thinking of, but I mean, are you ever really ready? I don't know. I've never traveled anywhere before, so don't really have anything to go off of. Fair. So then, to get Anu? To get Anu. Anu's just kind of like walked, kind of strolled into the middle of town, so he's not all the way up at the cave. Uh, Dorian is still asleep after all, so Anu wanted to get out of the house sooner rather than later yeah and because um Anu's dwellings are in the direction of where you guys are headed towards the northeast just further up into the open tundra um you guys kind of meet in that general area um and you start making your way to making your way the <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Making your way up and being tempted. cold. <laughs> Just like that. Um, and then I would like for all of you to roll a survival as you're walking. I'm not going to use that dice because that's Natural the one that's 20. Yes. Modified 24. Phenomenal. Cool, cool, cool. Um, Anu was like, yeah, we'll be fine. And he's right. I got a, 20, <laughs> uh, a 22. Oh, gorgeous. <laughs> Sorry for the <laughs> goblin laugh. Um, then he rolled a solid um, two for a total of five. <laughs> okay. 
Sarah will be panicking. Anu, Anu and Luna will take care of Benny. Yeah. Yeah. Put Benny in the middle. Be- Benny, like, fainted, and we're, we have, like, her arms slung around each of our shoulders, and we're, like, backing her. Oh, my God. So, we're, like, like five minutes into the trip. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Benny just is so stressed out, doesn't even know which way's up and down anymore, like, once the town leaves your sight line. Um... It's just a mess. Um, but Anu and Luna do uh, assist Benny heavily to make your way um, through the horrific snowfall. And um, there is just nothing in sight but rocky, um, rocky ground with lots of sharp little mounds jutting up uh, from the ground. Um <clears throat> It takes you guys, um, from what you could, like, tell, um, on the kind of, like, not great map that you guys have of the, like, newer, uh, area, um, after the abandonment, people have kind of scouted out as much as they could, um, but you can tell that, like, the lake is supposed to be about a five to seven hour journey away um especially more difficult in the thick snow um and because it's so treacherous and so icy uh it is difficult to get to but you guys all make your way and it's not as hard as you thought it would be you just kind of like um do your best to stay upright and you, you do the thing, um, and eventually you do come to this frozen over lake, um, and you see that, uh, the, the ice is very thick. It's probably about, like, ten inches thick, um, so there, it's, it would be very hard to break, but it would be possible, um, but you're sort of, like, looking around the area because the mountain did look like it was maybe like a 15 minute walk away like the mountain should have been very very close to this lake um but as it stands you just see a flat expanse of land in front of you all frozen over it's very windy we we've been walking for for hours and i don't see a mountain but we're, we're here this is this is the lake right i think so um the mountain should be visible if it was here it didn't like sink into the lake or something did it well if you'd like to go for a swim and find out you can be my guest Benny but meanwhile I'm going to go calling on the mountain and I put up my hands to my mouth and I start yelling mountain oh mountain (laughs) I I am going to be really nice and I'm going to say you can roll a d20 and see if the mountain answers you (laughs) oh my god Uh, that's, that's a 19 that's a night. Nice- okay. <laughs> Phenomenal. Okay, so as you're calling out um, to see if the mountain will answer you, <laughs> um, you see sort of like maybe 20-ish feet away, 
um, that there is um, something that has reverberated your noise. It's really close to the ground, um, and it just kind of like some of your noise as it's whistling through the winds and the snow um, has bounced off of something. I, I, th- I think they, there's something o- o- over here, and I, I beckon to uh, Luna and Benny, and I start like trudging my way through the snow and the wind towards the object, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so as you walk away from the lake and you near this, this uh, uh, place that you gained knowledge of, um, you find a large expanse of ice. Um, it is excruciatingly thick and you can roll a perception check I would love to do that let's see here oh that's a 17 yeah for sure Um, so as you kind of uh, peer down into this thick expanse of ice you can see that it is a huge, like, hundred feet expanse of ice, and when you look through it, though it's very thick, you can see that there is a huge cavern. Like, it's just like a crater that goes down forever um, and just descends into darkness um, as you look into the ice. Um, It's just this big, like, drop into this cave uh i think our mountain might have turned inside out did you seriously just find something by calling out for the mountain hey you know our world is full of more spirits than just the elemental ones there's there's many forces at play and sometimes if you call out to the universe it will answer you back Sometimes you call out to the universe and it laughs at you, but it's worth doing nonetheless. Case in point, and I gesture towards the ice. That's fair. That's fair. Bravo, Anu. Uh, I, I, I can't take too much of the credit. I mean, you, you were the one who suggested it was beneath the ice, and here we are. And how thick did you say the ice was? Very, very thick. <laughs> very, very thick. Um, as I approach... I would like to cast Flaming Spear sear, and um, put it up against the ice to start melting it. Yeah, go for it. All right. I don't know if I need to roll anything. No, because it's not a sentient moving thing. Kay. It just is an automatic hit. Okay. So then I just roll damage. Yeah. If it, yeah. Uh, nine points of damage to the ice. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Does anyone else want to hit the ice? <laughs> um. Uh, the flaming sphere stays up for a minute. For sure. I, I can't cast Bane on the ice, really. <laughs> it has, I can only cast Bane on creatures. I don't have attack spells, so and I don't want to get near the flaming sphere, so I'm just going to stand back and cheer, cheer Luna on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it is 100 feet wide, this expanse of ice. Okay. So you absolutely could um, 
like, go to a place out of range of the flaming sphere to, like, hit the ice. Sure, I'll, I'll start banging on the ice with my mace. Please do! Um, should I roll the hit or just roll damage? <laughs> just roll damage. Okay. Uh, that is six damage. Perfect. Benny, do you want to hit the ice? <laughs> Benny, seeing uh, what Anu's doing, goes over next to it, and she's like, okay, and she goes out her dagger <laughs> and starts trying to, like, ice pick it into the ice. You know what? I'm gonna give you because I love this image. <laughs> I'm gonna say instead of the 1d4 for damage, um, you can roll a 1d8. Ooh. Betty's very I'm motivated. <laughs> she is, and she's picking at the ice. like Just like multiple stab wounds to this ice, you can see like chips flying away. Betty was so jazzed. She rolled an 8 on her d8, so it's d8 plus 1, so 9 points of damage from her little dagger. <laughs> Um, <laughs> did the same amount of damage that my flame sphere did. <laughs> She's, She's a determined so woman, okay? <laughs> She's so excited. Oh my god, amazing. Um, do you guys each want to do one more attack? Sure. Yeah, amazing, I just so. I just continue to push the flame because I can move the sphere, so I just kind of keep pushing it forward. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. How much damage did you do? Uh, 12 that time. 12? Gorgeous. Uh, I did, I did 5 that time. Okay, cool. And then, Benny, do you want to drive it home? She sure does. She's still pecking away with her dagger. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Still the D8, or do I swap back to a D4? No, no, no. You get the D8. I love this. <laughs> oh, she's, she's, she's a lucky lady tonight. Another eight. Oh, so gorgeous. nine points of dagger damage. <laughs> there was literally eight points left on the HP of this Ooh. ice. So <laughs> She's like Edward yeah. Scissorhandsing it. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. You just see like all of the fucking... You see all of the ice chips just, like, going crazy and just, like, it's like shaved ice on some of this. Um, and as you guys chip away at the, um, the expanse of ice, um, you crack it open enough that a huge chunk, um, about a ten foot, uh, crack in it just starts to drop. Uh, down this cavernous opening um, and it just keeps falling and you hear a distant <laughs> and the ice cracks beneath um, and you start to descend down into this cavernous opening into the darkness dancing lights gorgeous um, and you start to make your way your descent into the darkness and that's where we're going to end the episode. Perfect. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun.